Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Creativity Pioneers Live Conversations. Georgia is, as most of you know, uh, is an incredible information designer. She's really a pioneer in her field, you know, calls herself a data humanist. Um, she's a partner at the amazing Pentagram Design Company, New York. Uh, she did an incredible TED talk on humanist approach to data. And if you guys haven't watched it, I encourage you to watch it. Very insightful. Uh, she has been named, uh, you know, one of the fast companies, 100 most creative people in business in 2018. Uh, her work is in the permanent collection of MoMA, where she actually was commissioned a specific site-specific uh, piece in 2017. Her work is in the permanent collection of Cooper Hewitt and Smithsonian Design Museum. So, you know, this is just, I think this is just the highlights. I'm sure her resume is much, uh, you know, longer than that. But this is all to say that we're very honored to have you here with us, Georgia. So again, welcome. Without further ado, you know, I guess uh, my first question to you, Georgia, is uh, actually, you know, why, why did you decide to join this adventure and join the collection? Well, hi, Elena. Hi, everybody. Uh, first of all, just want to say thanks for having me. Thanks for the intro. Thanks for everybody who's connected. I'm seeing, um, you know, a lot of like places in the world, which is always amazing. A lot of comments. So thanks, everybody. Um, and thanks for the comments already. So always so nice to, uh, to read what you're writing. So, um, well, first of all, you know, honestly, um, I've always been a Moleskine user. Really, like as many of us, as many designers or artists, uh, Moleskine was part of at all of my upbringing I think since um, high school to college and so really probably like for the past over 20 years I've been using Moleskins and um, in general the idea uh, of participating to such an important educational initiative as the one that you're doing with the collection felt really compelling to me. Um, many many other little points I uh, used to work with my team a lot and rarely lately I kind of like really put my hands on physical objects and so that was very compelling to me as well but really what you have done with the artists who participated and also with the workshop that you're doing I feel it's really incredibly important because an object that we use every day such a notebook a moleskin taquin um uh taquino <laughs> I was actually making up an English word taquin <laughs> um yeah so an object that we use every day just for the first time seeing through the lens of what can I do with it and you know if you also want to explain maybe for the people who haven't seen the collection a bit more what other artists have done really the idea of using a physical object as the real blank page for uh, exploring your own creativity as you teach your students to do felt really compelling so I think you know for, for our audience it would be nice if you could give a few examples of what artists in the past have done with uh, with college oh yeah the collection it's it's pretty incredible you know because it, it really it's just a point of departure you know and then people really transform it into you know sculptures sometimes they burn it sometimes they completely destroy it and reassemble it so it's really as you said I think it's uh, it's kind of it's a very free creative expression um we we give it to you as a point of departure and then everybody kind of interprets their own thing we have pretty amazing contemporary artists, architects who participated. You can then go and check out the entire collection on our website, of course. 
but you know, this year actually the we suggested you a topic, mm-hmm. you know, and the topic was what comes first. And uh, this is the topic of our at work educational program for the next year. So um, I was wondering, you know, if that topic inspired you in some way, and uh, if so, how and what actually comes first to you as an individual? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the topic was really inspiring. That you know, for everybody there, we're we're gonna also show you a little teaser, I think, of the of the kit if we want to. So you know, then then I'll show what I'm doing, uh, which is still kind of in progress. Well, I think particularly in a year like last year and this year, where because of the restrictions due to COVID-19, for like pretty much everybody of us in the world, in a year that to me uh, is uh, really empty of punctuation. So there's no points on the calendar. It feels that there's no points in time. Really reflecting on the passaging of time, the passage of time, such as what comes first, what is that is before something else in your life in general is in and on itself a very, very timely topic, of course. Also, I am uh, about to reach a milestone in terms of years in my life, you know, about to reach a big number in um, uh, in July. And so what what come first inspired me to do is actually reflective on reflecting on the timeline of my life so far with little moments that are actually out of memory have been for me pulled out in many categories of my life. I mean, of course, I mean, I work with data. And so my own interpreting my life so far, thinks about like moments in times, calendar, timelines, uh, categories of events, and really intensity of events. I mean, I just can't help but thinking in data. Um, and I think really, to me, um, it was it was really a moment to be like, all right, let's just like, marks and moments on the calendar for me for the past hopefully also I think artistically uh, as many of us are doing to start answering the question who am I who am I now in time how did I get here Uh, and obviously I mean uh, there could have been or there could be very literal answers to what come first but I think I use the concept and um and interpret it a bit more freely than i usually uh really really do and you know when when you want i'm happy to talk about what i am doing oh yeah i mean uh, we're i know i know that you're you're still in the creative process you still haven't mm-hmm. finished notebook but i think today was kind of also give a little bit a, a teaser of that yeah. and so I, uh, um, <laughs> I know you told me when we were discussing that as you were doing this, and now you can you can tell like what the technique is, but you told yeah. me you kind of felt you were outside of your comfort zone and you were doing something that you've never done before, you know. And and I wanted to, you know, if you could um, elaborate on that, because this is something that really resonates with our approach at the foundation, yeah. this life learning concept where you don't just start learning you know I mean you don't stop learning when you graduate when you get a diploma but it's kind of like a mental approach where you keep questioning yourself what you're doing you know pushing your boundaries you keep pushing your imagination constantly to be outside of that comfort zone so is that what yeah, happened? It is what happened. I think like especially the more I would say artistic projects where um the way that I interpret the project can be a bit more free than a client commission or really a client projects where their metrics and uh, return of investment goals to work with. Um I think it's always important for everybody of whatever age, either if you're studying, if you're 30, 40 or like 85, uh, to just keep growing. And at least to me, keep growing means starting to do things 
things in a way that you haven't done before, but not for the sake of doing it. I mean, I think there's moments in our lives when we need to perfect and um, and keep doing the things that sort of like feels familiar to uh, get uh, ourselves familiar with techniques and familiar with our some ways of working. But there are also some other moments in life when I think it's very important to change the material, change the why, change the scale, mm-hmm. um, because only that you can really see different possibilities and different things playing out. And I think, you know, playing safe works sometimes, uh, but some other times, again, especially in the most self-initiated projects or artistic commission of that kind, it's really beautiful to do it. Um, and uh, so what I have done, um, so, okay, of course, you know, I stepped out of my comfort zone in terms of the materials that uh, I'm using and the actual techniques that I'm using, but at the same same time again because how I interpret my life is through data I have done a very painstaking uh, process of actually counting all of the days that I have lived in this planet so far so since you know I was born in 1981 so aging myself right now (laughs) I counted every single day that I have lived Um, I divided up the space of the actual three moleskin that you gave me because you gave me three little moleskin uh, and I (laughs) anybody now everybody's gonna ask for three I'm kidding (laughs) oh well (laughs) that's funny also I think you know the idea is having one but you gave me three so that I had two to mess up with but I decided no I'm just gonna use them all and so I removed all of the pages uh and actually divided all of the lengths of this like you know page after the other into the numbers of David that I'll leave so far putting kind of like a stop uh, at around here when I was supposed to finish the thing but you know <laughs> uh, that's that's almost almost done um and then I punched holes for every single day and then I physically stitched with threads and needles all of the days on a white paper in a very laborious process that I used, you know, I really have been doing it as I watched movies last winter or, you know, in moments when I was, you know, I could not be doing things. So somehow in my spare time, um, uh, in a way of like really reflecting on the memories of my life. Uh, and then what I am going to do, then in parallel, I build a data set for myself that are the memories, the moment in time in different events that I want to mark on the book of my life and so what I'm going to do uh, is actually stitching over that and marking over that uh, to really create what I call a book of my life which I also think it's interesting because if you think about it everybody can do it you can reflect uh, whatever age you are uh, on like what was uh, everything that came before you and then maybe even ask your mom your parents your sister to help you build the data sets when you were a little kid and then by memory, just starting to remember things that are important to you. And this doesn't need to be a representative data set with everything. It's about you right now, what you want to count, what matters to be counted. Um, And so, I mean, I'm just like giving a little preview. The whole thing became kind of thick. And so these are actually uh, three moleskin that have been taped together. It is still a little um, wobbly. But, um, you know, you can see that there's a lot of stitches in this tiny book, a lot of stitches um, that we can also <laughs> really make very, very long. So. The power of manual work also, you know, I, I think you, you really, you know, feel yeah. how that makes a difference when you create something with your hands, which is also kind of at the origin of the word creativity, you know, yeah. hands and stimulating also that stimulates your mind but look at that I mean that no it's really I think it's kind of really precious and what I did for every year I marked with a 
different color that is a um, just a little grayer the beginning of the year. So, for example, I read to the back that this is um, 2007, for example. And then I have a lot of nice colored little threads I'm going to use to, uh, I think, stitch on top. I mean, of course, as all of these, there's a lot of like tests that go into understanding how are you even stitching a thing. And so I think it's really, really intriguing to uh, to really start playing with it. I've, I've, I've had a lot of fun and I must not, I mean, I, I'm definitely not the most precise, uh, you know, seamstress or tailor ever. Uh, that's not the point. I think it's really about going with, um, you know, going with what feels okay. But again, you know, it's like, if you can imagine you can do something, then you can do it. You know, that's yeah. the only thing, uh, obstacle that we have is when we can't imagine we can do something. But once you yeah. can of it, you know, it, it, it can become true. And, and I think, you know, as you were saying, because this is really interesting, uh, I read one of your interviews where you were saying that you're not an artist, but you're a designer. And, you know, you kind of <laughs> make, you make a distinction between the two. And I think it's interesting also because, you know, as I said, for us, the, the creativity is really universal value. It's not to this, you know, it's not relegated to the artistic world and, and just uh, visual artists. And sometimes it's perceived in a very narrow way where we're trying to open up, you know, the, the debate and the narrative on, on what creativity actually is. So yeah. I'm interested, like, what is your distinction? Well, so um, I'm not a huge fan of definitions. And so I think that the boundary is kind of blurry and like, and it's fluid. But if you have to ask me, uh, you know, how I define myself, I definitely define myself as a designer. And to me, it means that every brief, every even open artistic commission, I kind of really want to frame it as not necessarily only a problem to solve, but really uh, figuring out frameworks and rules for myself, which some artists do as well, especially in procedural art uh, and the art that is made by rules. But also at the same time, I think that especially when you work with data, there's a spectrum of data art, like things that are loosely inspired by data or inspired by data, but the audience will not really be able to read what's in the data. And there's another spectrum, which is kind of like probably closer to information design, where the knowledge, and you and I were talking about knowledge the other time, and the information and the very stories embedded in the data are available to the public to understand and interpret because, for example, there's a legend, there are annotations that help readers, visitors, you know, users to see what's in the data. And my work is always more towards that end. And even if I uh, end up um, really working with very artistic, let's say, expressions of what I do, I always, and this is just personally me and how I want to interact um, with my readers or visitors, I always want to give them the keys to understand my choices, to understand the stories behind the data. To me, um, the knowledge that is behind any data project is as important as the final feelings and the manifestation, if not even more. And really, I feel that, again, I'm a translator, I'm a designer. Well, then I do experiment with, um, I would say, artistic uh, manifestations of it, but really always putting the focus on that. And, and this is just my definition. And I understand that it's also very specific to the field I'm working with. Yeah, but it's actually like we, we share that completely because we always say that for us, creativity is the actually the function of knowledge, you know, first yeah. and foremost, everything kind of comes from there. So, you know, I guess this, it's not like we we chose you randomly, you know, <laughs> connect us. Um, but, uh, you were, you know, your humanistic approach to data and everything you do. Do you do you think that 
um, interpreting data in a more human way, can that actually create a social change, you know, and what kind of impact can it create? Well, I'm, I'm, I want to make a really specific example here that I've been using in the past few months. So if you think about our past year or like 15 months collectively as a society, we passed from a society where only a few of us really deeply cared about data, worked with data, were interested in actually understanding data 100% to a population where all of us every morning would wake up, refresh the news, read charts and maps and make and they made decision about whether we felt safe going out in the world or felt safe planning a trip or seeing a friend based on this data. And I think um, now more than ever, it's really important for everybody to become a bit more data literate in a way, but not only to understand how to read a chart, but again, into the humanistic approach to data, to understand what is in the data, how the data has been shaped and created, what has been left out. Um, every data set is subjective because it's subjected to an interpretation because somebody decided what to collect and what to leave out. And if this is the premise for all of us to how to read, work with data, really always trying to reconnect numbers to what they stand for, which are our lives. Well, I think that it, it, it might definitely lead to more impact, more social changes, and really even just more awareness of how we should use this apparently cold material called data. And, and, and you know, this is all about, it's having the tools to think critically, to question, yeah. and to interpret the information that you're given. And, you know, and, and also this is, we believe those are, those are the main skills because this is how you can actually navigate the complexity yeah. of today's world when you're bombarded constantly. And a lot of times, especially young people, you know, I think they have difficulty distinguishing fake news from mm -hmm. real news, what is true. So, so having those tools to actually uh, being able to, to understand what's going on and, and form a, a, a critical opinion on it. I think that's... Yeah. Uh, really key you know and and by the way talking about young people if uh, if you had to give an advice to the young people of today what what would it be <laughs> sometimes when i'm asked this question i think about what would be the advice that i would give to my 20 22 years old self um and uh, i think as much as like things change, our world is changing. There's something particular, at least to me, about that, you know, the younger phase of your life, where if you were like me, you really wanted to have it all figure it out already. So to know already what would be your path and, you know, what is the kind of yeah. career that you want to have ahead. And really, if I needed to give one advice to my 24 years old self would be you don't have to have it all figured out because otherwise, where's the fun? The fun is in the exploration. The fun is in the making mistakes. Um, the fun is in knowing that there's always possibilities to change ahead, to change your path. Um, so mm -hmm. that is one. And I think uh, this is also to me um, sort of like, let's say, complemented to the idea of be curious, make, make for the sake of making, explore, use your free time if you really are interested in design creativity and art to make uh, and then over time you will see what comes out of making make according to your curiosity sometimes you know they say follow your passion I think it's easier to say follow your curiosity what are you curious about what are you obsessed about it's a little bit harder to be like oh what's my passion and curiosity
society uh, and you know things that are really curious and obsessed about can change over time and this is beautiful so that you will be producing more and more work um, and really again just uh, I think think about the process of growing and becoming uh, your more adult self and think that you know Again, I'm not young, but I know that there will be so much more change ahead. And I'm just looking forward to exploring what I don't know yet. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I, I love this idea of journey versus just the destination and the result. You know, the process that is yeah. much more important sometimes than the result, you know. And um, I'm actually very wary of people who kind of have it all figured out. The people who, who think that you know, nothing is going to change from now on. So, Well, I also, I want to say, I mean, there are moments when you feel like, yes, this is something that I want to do. And I'm not talking about not planning. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge like fan of planning. I can get really anxious if I don't have a plan, but I'm also open yeah. to change the plan. So I think, you know, having a plan is fantastic. You know, then you can change it. <laughs> having that flexibility, yeah, to, to change the plan yeah. is, is key. So um, a question that is more kind of, general and big you know since we were talking about creativity this notion of creativity producing social change what do you think can, can creativity actually change the world what, what would I, I guess it depends on how you see creativity because to me creativity has always shaped the world because we human beings are like really really creative all of us because we make with our hands because we have an idea and we make it happen even if it is like fixing a tool that doesn't work and maybe fixing it in a non-conventional way because i'm missing one of the real tools that i should use to fix the thing mm -hmm. and so i mean because I feel that I think that all of us are really inherently creative, like since the very beginning of the manifestation of the human beings in this planet, well, I think that not only creativity can change the world, creativity shapes our world. And it's, again, it's something that I really appreciate about your mission and what you're doing is to make everybody know and understand that they are fundamentally creative without the need to be, you know, um, defining themselves as artist or designer. And I think that if everybody just knew that they could use the word creativity on themselves, maybe they would have a bit of less fear of the blank page and, you know, everybody will be starting making and making more. Yeah, and yeah, no, I totally agree. And sometimes it takes just that little bit to give that bit of confidence, you know, to young people yeah. to unlock that potential. And then it's already inside them, as you say, like we're all creative inherently. So it's, it's all about are. shine, you know, in the end of the day. So, yeah. Um, what, uh, what is, well, we, we talked about what comes first to you. What comes next to you? What are, what are the plans? So finishing the notebook, because <laughs> that's overdue. <laughs> yeah. Then um, really definitely experimenting again, even more with materials and skills that I haven't mastered. I mean, really, literally for the first time in my life, last weekend, I started to paint. I've been drawing my whole life, drawing with many tools like pencils, pens, um, color markers, aqua markers, but really never really hold a brush. And last weekend, I just had fun, like, you know, with no expectation. And I think I even posted something that I truly believed was mediocre, but to say, hey, you know, it's not that really we need only to post the super final four month long projects because there's value also in I think exploring an afternoon of, of just painting for the sake of painting so that is also something that I want to do possibly experimenting with bigger skills as well uh, and personally I think after you know what we've all been through 
I'm trying to embrace and look for a bit more of lightness in my life. So looking for uh, lightness. That's, I think, what comes next. Yeah. If there was an, a moment, an experience, maybe personal or emotional, mm -hmm. uh, that really changed the way you think about things, you know, that really was that turning moment that mm. kind of, you know, uh, that you remember the, there's a before and an after, you know. Um, you know, if I need to think about it professionally, it might be an anecdote that um, it's just for me, it was really meaningful. So I'm an architect. I studied architecture, but was always really, really intrigued much more by urban mapping and the urban component of that. But also as a person, I'm really, really intrigued. And I think you can see that um, in my work about human psychology, the way that we interact with the world, the way that we see the world, what makes us who we are. And really, I think all of my projects kind of like, you know, explore that. And during my studies in architecture, I read a book called The Image of the City, L'Immagine della Città by Kevin Lynch, which I think was my wow moment. Pretty much he has been having a lot, a lot of people like a long time ago drawing mental maps of their cities. So the way that they would navigate these spaces, the way that they would recognize for themselves edges and landmarks and thresholds between spaces. And he had... So many people, like, you know, hundreds of people uh, draw a map of Boston, for example, the same place, only to see how the different perception of what you were drawing really actually is shaped by your experience much more than what you see on a map. And to me, I mean, I'm having a hard time really, I think, pinpointing the path from there to doing the visualization that I do. But that for me was a a first way of encountering subjective mapping that uh, I think opened up the idea even of data and information mapping in a very different way that always starts from a personal story, a human being, an individual, rather than gigantic trends and a very perfectly drawn um, abstract map. Wow. Yeah, that sounds, that does sound like a turning moment, you know, yeah. <laughs> stumbled upon that book so we can today enjoy all the amazing things that you, that you do <laughs> after the revelation moment. Yeah. Um, I had another question here. That's, that's a fun one. Um, if you had to represent any, anything by data, like what mm -hmm. would be your commission? Like what would you dream to represent with data? I mean, now, Uh, whatever yeah like something you haven't done yet something know? i haven't done yet i mean i think that the more and more the way that as society we are connected to each other especially after last year so i think human connections uh, as i've explored in some of my projects is still a topic that to me is very fascinating and i think that uh, there's so many other ways besides what i've done so far that we can explore the way that we relate to each other our relationships our interactions with Uh, you know, the people we love, our friends, but also strangers or the people we encounter. Uh, I think it really what shapes most of our human experience. And so if there's a subject that at this moment in time, I'm intrigued to exploring through data uh, is, is definitely that. But, but like many, many others, I mean, really, truly, one of the beauty of my work and the work that we do at Pentagram is that every project uh, really leads us to explore a completely new world. Because, again, we work transversely on many different topics, uh, culture, healthcare, finance, uh, we work with brands and companies. And so I think really, it's, it's very, very beautiful to have the chance every time to learn uh, really deeply about something that you didn't know before. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Well, thank you. No, thank um, you. 
I wanted to thank you again, Georgia, for this amazing Thank you. No, that was really fun. And thanks to everybody who connected. Yeah, it was very inspiring. Um, once Georgia will finish her notebook, you know, we will, of course, do <laughs> yes. unveil for the audiences. So please continue to follow us on Instagram. If you're not, yeah, that's a teaser. That's a teaser, but you can see the <laughs> So uh, sign up to follow us on Instagram, Moleskin Foundation. Go to our website, uh, moleskinfoundation.org, so you can find out more about our initiatives, about our impact. Check out the collection, see what the other authors have done as well. And of course, you know, just as Georgia has donated, contributed with her notebook, uh, we also invite you to join us and uh, support the marginalized youth in uh, those communities so that they can have access to creative skills that we actually talked about. Very easy, you know, you can donate here on Instagram right now, or you can donate after the live, you know, the button is there, it's easy, just click and it's done. Um, we believe really that every contribution, every action is important and it counts. And I think if we unite our forces, Together, we can really, you know, amplify the impact that we can do with creativity. Yeah, Georgia, thank you. Thank you so much again. And thank you, everybody. Bye-bye.